Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Uh, you know, James, I love it when a plan comes together. Our all star producer, Dan Miller, he brings in our guest, Tyler Dragon, who covers the NFL on a national level. And of course, you and I were just talking about the Washington football team and the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, guess who's in town? to cover that game. Our guest, Tyler Dragon, he is a National Football League insider for USA Today Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at the Tyler Dragon. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I mentioned there, James and I were just covering this game, Washington and the Las Vegas Raiders here hosting the Washington football team at Allegiant Stadium. We were doing our best bets segment, and one of my bets was teasing the Washington football team up to plus eight and a half. That's back when this line was at two and a half. It's now down to one and a half, but I teased them up to eight and a half. I'm hoping they can stay inside that. But I, I want to ask you your impression of the Las Vegas Raiders. James was touching on it in the segment prior where they have been so inconsistent. They fire their head coach, John Gruden, and then they bounce back and, and just take it out on the Denver Broncos. They win a couple of games in a row really impressively fighting through adversity. Then you have the Henry Ruggs situation. Then you have the Arnett situation. It just seems like they have been uh, experiencing very difficult situations throughout the second half of the season. And, you know, sometimes they are able to get through that, and other times they have looked just awful. Most recently, they, they surprised us all and beat the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving as underdogs. But I think if you – the bigger picture with this Raiders team is – Deep down, they are kind of a mess because of all that has gone on this year. 
And I, I think that might show up on the field uh, on Sunday against Washington. Yeah, what the Raiders have been through this year has really been unprecedented, you know, from all their off-the-field issues. And appropriately, they lost three uh, straight games uh, after everything went down with John Gruden and, you know, Henry Ruggs and uh, Arnett. And I really felt sorry for those players in the locker room because those were pretty much like the innocent bystanders, and they were doing the right things on and off the field. But when you have players and coaches not doing the things that they need to be doing and, you know, still whether it's drunk driving or racist emails, that really can have an, a massive effect on your locker room. And I do have to give credit for Derek Carr and the uh, coaching staff that's still in the building because they have rallied together. That win against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, that was a really impressive victory, probably their best win of the season. And that showed me that they are still, you know, hoping to get into the AFC playoffs. They're, um, you know, in the AFC West, the entire AFC West has really been inconsistent from the top down at the beginning of the season everybody was really high on the uh, los angeles chargers they've kind of taken a step back the patrick mahomes and the kansas city chiefs they you know stumbled out the gate but they seem to have righted the ship and you know got things together but the las vegas raiders they have a really good opportunity in front of them hosting the Washington football team. They're kind of in a mess, and they have their own off-field issues. But hosting them at home um, on Sunday tomorrow, that's a really good opportunity for them to uh, have a two-game winning streak before they travel to Kansas City and that big game against the Chiefs in Week 14. And then they have another road game against the Cleveland Browns. So the schedule doesn't really get easy for the Las Vegas Raiders. They really need to win this game tomorrow because they have two tough road games coming up next. Tyler, let's talk about a team that also has a big, big AFC game and a team that has a lot of tough games to finish out the season. And a, t- a, game, a team that in the Cincinnati Bengals, at least for me, has been really tough to figure out. You, you see how they play. They go and have a big win at Baltimore back in week seven and then completely lay an egg against the New York Jets and then get throttled at home by the Cleveland Browns. Then they go on their bye week, come out of their bye week, and look like a completely different team when it comes to the philosophy of what they're going to do offensively, where it wasn't we're going to sit back and have Joe Burrow throw the ball 35, 40, 45 times a game. We've got a terrific back behind here in Joe Mixon. We're going to feed him the football, which is exactly what they did the last two weeks. He's accounted for almost 300 yards rushing and four touchdowns pounding the football. Now you're going to play a Chargers team that's the worst defense in the league when it comes to stopping the run. Is Cincinnati going to continue with what they've done the last two weeks out of the bye and keep feeding the ball to Joe Mixon in this in this game? Or is Zach Taylor going to get caught up in saying, hey, Joe Burrow's our guy and we're going to have a shootout against the other draft class from last year in Justin Herbert? If I was Zach Taylor, I would feed Joe Mixon the football. He's third in the NFL in rushing. He's had four straight games with multiple touchdowns. He's one of the hottest players in all of football right now so the Bengals they should be a run oriented offense especially right now when you have a player who's hot and Joe Mixon he's playing really good football right now and that actually lessens the low for Joe Burrow it opens up the pass game they can uh, introduce their play action pass once they establish the running game and we all know if 
Uh, Joe Burrow has time in the pocket, and those safeties are cheating down to try to stop Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow's really prone to throw the football to Jamar Chase, who's leading all rookie receivers in touchdown catches and receiving yards. So I do expect the Bengals and Zach Taylor to dial up the run and try to take advantage of the Los Angeles Chargers' poor run defense. They rank 32nd in all of the NFL run defense. That is dead last. So I really do expect them to give the football to Joe Mixon. Tyler Dragon is our guest. He's an NFL insider for USA Today Sports, and you can follow him on Twitter at the Tyler Dragon. Tyler, I want to ask you about the other side of the ball, the Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, you talked about it early in the season. There was a lot of love for this team, including myself. I thought they would be pretty good. I like the coaching change. Obviously, they've got a star quarterback in Justin Herbert. But really, the defense, I think, has left all the uh, Charger backers wanting for more. You mentioned how poor they are in defending the run. But this team always seems to come up with a good effort. It's back and forth. They lost to the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots. Then they go out and beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Then they lose to the Minnesota Vikings. Then they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then they lose to the Denver Broncos. If the pattern holds true, they're going to kill the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. <laughs> you, you do make a good point. They've only lost consecutive games once. Uh, this season and, and you know you pretty much hit the nail in the head they've been the model of inconsistency this entire season they started off four and one and everybody was uh, predicting them to probably upset the Chiefs and take the AFC West crown but then they stumbled of late uh, losing four of their last six uh, I did like the way that they played against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night I was actually at that game they got out to a really hot start, but then they let the Steelers creep back in that game, and actually Pittsburgh actually took the lead. And then the following week, they really laid the egg in uh, Denver against the Broncos, a team that they should be able to beat. So th- this is a game on Sunday in Cincinnati with massive playoff implications. The Chargers are currently seventh in the AFC. That's the last seed in the AFC. And then you have the Bengals right above them at number five at seven and four so i really expect this Chargers team to come out guns blazing and hopefully for their sake you know try to um, help out justin herbert uh, in that run game because their run uh, offense has been uh, struggling this year and hopefully for their sake they can get a get a win if they want to you know make the afc playoffs Tyler, you mentioned where both Cincinnati and the L.A. Chargers stand in the AFC playoff picture. Let's stay in the AFC North here in another monster divisional game and a grudge match. We know that between the Steelers and the Ravens. Now, sitting here looking at this point spread, it's the Ravens on the road favored by four and a half. But then after the effort that we saw to the Pittsburgh Steelers last week in Cincinnati, complete no-show. Not even just, and I know they had some injuries, and right now they got a number of injuries and some COVID issues going on in that locker room. Questionable for a number of players what their availability looks like here. But more so for me, the Steelers, that was not the physical Steelers on either side of the football that we're used to seeing out of a Mike Tomlin coach football team there in Pittsburgh what team shows up today? Because normally I'd be all over the underdog here as the home divisional dog plus the four and a half points. But right now I just have big question marks about where the Steelers' mindset is collectively as a team. I think the Steelers are the worst team in the AFC North. And that's saying something because they won a division last year. For them to tie against the winless Detroit Lions, that pretty much 
told me who the Steelers were. And then to follow up that game, they their defense has given up 41 points in consecutive games. Everybody talks about Ben Roethlisberger and how he's, you know, a little bit long in the tooth and father time is at his door. But that defense deserves a lot of the blame as well. To give up 82 points in two games, that is not winning football at all. Now, Ben Roethlisberger is putting that defense in a bad spot in the offense because the offense hasn't really been able to have some consistency and uh, putting together sustainable drives. But overall, top to bottom and on both sides of the ball, they have really struggled. And I don't expect them to beat uh, the Ravens in Pittsburgh. The Ravens, um, I believe they're probably the best team in the AFC North by a hair over the Bengals. I was just going to ask you, Tyler, we got to get out of here. I've got just about 20 seconds. Are the Bengals going to win the division or are you going with the Ravens? I have the Ravens, but I would not be surprised if the Bengals uh, went on ahead and win the division. Uh, The only reason, because I say that, the Ravens' schedule down the stretch is really daunting. They have the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Then they have to travel to Cleveland again to play the Browns. Oh, and don't mention they have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers coming in and the Los Angeles Rams still left on their plate. And the Bengals, yes, the Chargers team, that's a pretty good team that they're playing tomorrow. And they have the Ravens and the Chiefs as well. So their schedule, it, it favors the Bengals in my opinion. But I overall, I do think Lamar Jackson is the difference. He's the best overall player in the division. And I think that's why the Ravens will win the AFC North. All right, Tyler, thank you very much. We got to get out of here. We will be right back on VSIN, the sports betting. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism, fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to, like, choose a more challenging route than just, like, da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like, easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available on vcin.com for you to keep up with any key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game. It's all available at vcin.com slash NFL. James, we haven't hammered the Washington uh, football team Las Vegas Raiders game enough, so let's dive in a little further here. Still a few more news and notes to get out there. Uh, Of course, they will square off at Allegiant Stadium right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And if we look at the Miami Dolphins and their four-game winning streak as being a surprise, how about the Washington football team? They've won three in a row. Uh, they were off to an awful start, as both you and Tyler alluded to in the prior segment, but now they have won three games in a row, beating Tampa Bay, Carolina, and most lately the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night. Uh, Washington is on a short week. The Raiders are on extra rest, having upset the Cowboys on Thanksgiving in overtime. I made this game a pick James, and, and we're almost there. Now, it opened up at 3 in favor of the Raiders, but then there was, we saw it tick down a little bit, and then we got news on the fact that Darren Waller and Carl Nassib will be out for the Raiders. You mentioned that Landon Collins will be out for Washington, also J.D. McKissick. Currently, the Raiders are a a one-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 48, and I believe from prior conversation, you didn't do anything with this one. I didn't. I, I, I could go either way with who's going to win this game. You look at the number and uh, basically a coin flip number where your city has roughly right now currently one and a half in favor of the Raiders. So money has come back down that way. Money coming in on Washington. You mentioned you had the teaser at eight and a half. So getting it the number then at two and a half for the the Washington football team as that underdog. But I just don't trust either of these teams to sustain this level of play. The Raiders, what they did on Thanksgiving night, winning as that big underdog at Dallas, definitely didn't see that coming as far as winning the game outright. I like the game plus the number, but 
Then the other side with Washington. Didn't see Washington coming out of their bye and beating the defending champion Buccaneers and getting a little momentum out of that and starting to find themselves a little bit. And maybe it was more so the pressure for Washington, all the hype about the Washington football team coming into the season, especially how well they played in the second half of the season, really being anchored by that front line on the defensive side, the pressure that they could put on the QB. Now we know a couple of those guys are down and gone. Chase Young's gone for the season. Uh, another big player, like you mentioned, safety line. And Collins not going to play in this game for Washington. But is this a team that I can trust rolling into Las Vegas? I don't know. Maybe, Brady, you got you got boots on the ground in there in Las Vegas for a Saturday night. At, maybe you should uh, bounce around some of the common spots that these players like to go hang out in and make sure there's no folks are out there. Uh, I remember when the Vegas Golden Knights came in and the whole Vegas flu, that was a real deal with folks coming in and enjoying their time in Las Vegas. And it's not like Washington will be coming to Las Vegas very often to play a football game, but... That aside, Brady, I just I, I just can't trust either of these teams. Will we see the Raiders team that we saw on Thanksgiving night, or will we see the Raiders team that just got run over by the Cincinnati Bengals the last time they played in Las Vegas? I don't know. And the same thing with the Washington football team. It's just not a team right now that even though they've played much better and obviously won three straight, it's still just the team I'm leery of to say this is the team that I want to fire some of my some of my money in because I trust them to show up and perform and execute the way that they need to. Uh, it's funny you say boots on the ground. A lot of boots on the ground here in Las Vegas as of late with the National Finals Rodeo going on here, as it always does, <laughs> in early December. You know, it seems like their defense, and, and this is kind of a, a sad situation, but it seems like they've improved since Chase Young got injured. Yeah. I mean, they, their defense has been playing darn well, good as of late. Um, the, here's some interesting notes for you on this game as well, James. Former Raiders head coach Jack Del Rio. Of course, he is the now defensive coordinator for the Washington football team, is an interesting piece in this puzzle. He tends to have success against his former teams. While he was at Denver, he played his former Jacksonville team and won 35-19. to When he was the head coach of the Raiders, he played his former Denver team six times, and he held the Broncos to 16, 12, 20, 24, 16, and 14 points. If you're looking to play Jack Del Rio, or if you're looking to play a team total, Jack Del Rio's history success uh, suggests that his defense might be able to hold the Raiders under 20 points. He took on Jacksonville again in 2016 and held them to just 16 points. So y there, I would think there's a little something uh, with Del Rio because he took this team to the playoffs for the first time in God knows how long before he was fired. Uh, so maybe Del Rio has something put together to uh, throw at the Raiders' offense. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a good game plan going. Ron Rivera also has history against the Raiders from his days with the San Diego, or yeah, with the San Diego Chargers at that time. And, and here's one for you, James. He's uh, evidently a momentum guy. Uh, off of three straight wins exactly in his head coaching career, Ron Rivera is seven and zero straight up and against the spread. Now, we were mentioning Jack Del Rio's defense. How about the Raiders' defense? They have given up 106 points over their last three games. And Taylor or Tyler uh, Dragon talked about this in our segment uh, when he was on just a moment ago as our guest. They have Kansas City coming up next week. Uh, that is going to be a revenge game. Ch uh, Kansas City just smoked the Raiders here recently at Allegiant Stadium. Over the past three years, the Raiders are 0-3, straight up and against the spread against non-division opponents prior to playing the Chiefs. 
Interesting stat there with the Raiders, but thinking about where the Raiders were the last time they played at Allegiant Stadium there in Las Vegas and really just got run over in that second half by the Cincinnati Bengals. Sometimes they think about that and think, well, as a competitor, they're thinking the last time we played at home, we got we got scorched and we've got to redeem ourselves from how poorly we played when we were here at, in Las Vegas. So competitive pride stands out sometimes but thinking on the other side with the Washington football team you mentioned Jack Del Rio and, and Ron Rivera obviously defensive minded coach that he is I think I think there's part of it where early on in the season because they had those four stud pass rushers up front I was getting frustrated with the lack of adjustments that I saw within games because there was a number of games early in the season when I backed the Washington football team and really came away disappointed because the team couldn't get out, get off the field on third down when they went through that losing streak and a lot of it was because they weren't applying any type of pressure on the quarterback and it wasn't and they weren't doing anything creative up front it was hey we've got four studs up here and we'll just let those guys just bull rush their way to the quarterback now that you've seen a couple injuries with not only with Chase Young but Montez Sweat's been out for the last few weeks. They've had to be more creative with their defensive fronts and, and applying pressure where they've run some more twists and stunts and bringing pressure off the edge and, and bringing linebackers up in some of the gaps. So I think because maybe because they've lost some of those key stud defenders up front that they've had to actually coach and be more aggressive with some of their, their – and be more creative, I should say, with some of their pressure fronts Maybe that's not always a bad thing. And, yeah, you don't want to say because they've lost two, when you got, lose guys like Young and Sweat, you don't want to lose talent like that. But when you lose talent like that, you've got to adjust. And now we're finally starting to see some of the adjustments from that defensive side with Coach Jill Rio. That's a great point, James. And, and you know, you wonder why, of a, why all of a sudden is this defense doing something? I think you may have just nailed it right there. All right, uh, how about the Los Angeles Rams? Since adding Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham Jr., the Los Angeles Rams are 0-3. Now, they will try and get it right hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 13. The Jaguars just 2-9 and on the season. They have also lost three in a row. I made this number 12, James, in favor of the home team Rams. My deeper look uncovered a 13-and-a-half and an 11 in favor of Los Angeles. 13 and a half is where it opened. We're currently at 13 with a total of 48. So who snaps their losing streak, James? And if it's the Rams, can the Jaguars keep it close? I'm not going to call them the Los Angeles. It's, they're the Lambs, not the Rams, after the way they played the last three weeks. And I'm still salty from that because it was my mistake taking the Rams at Green Bay in that matchup, thinking, all right, for this Rams team, the last two games prior to that bye week, just getting smoked at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage, just getting dominated, pushed around, figured there's going to have to find some alpha competitive pride out of this team to step back up because they've got to be embarrassed just from a physical standpoint how they just got pushed around at the point of attack against the Tennessee Titans when they didn't have Derrick Henry rushing the football, and then San Francisco just ran the football up and down the field and just pushed them all over the place in San Francisco on that Monday night game, just complete blowout figured all right this Rams team there's plenty of talent they're going to bounce back here this is the opportunity for them to to show that they're still a contender in the NFC and then just a soft effort all the way around both sides of the football for the Rams Rams don't commit to running the football it's constantly the the line's constantly on their heels they're never in in pass or it's always pass block mode there's no physicality to them whatsoever no power no toughness yeah you're going to play the Jacksonville Jaguars and this is a game where you can get yourself right uh, playing a bad Jackson 
Jacksonville Jaguars team. And Jaguars are who they are. We know it was the worst team coming into the season this from last year's 1-15 and 15, uh, season last year. That's why they got the number one pick. And still a lot of growing pains to go through from the quarterback position here. I'm not laying it with the Lambs until I see something tougher. And we'll find out that in two weeks when they travel to Arizona on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some more to talk about with this game between Jacksonville and the Los Angeles Rams, and we will do that next right here on the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN holiday offer is here right now when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special. You also receive a $20 credit in the VEASAN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy a VEASAN sports betting hat, shirt, a mug, and other great gear. Hurry, it's a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Get a nice shirt like this. Got my my blue VEASAN shirt on today. Uh, James, uh, a few more things to talk about here with the Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Odell Beckham Jr. is listed as questionable for this game. You talked about how they have really gotten away from the running game, and Daryl Henderson Jr. uh, did not practice for most of the week and is also listed as questionable. You know, the Rams' defense, they have allowed 95 points over their last three games. And you talked about this uh, kind of as a reasoning while you're backing the Chicago Bears catching the points against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, It's a revenge game up next for the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night with those division-leading Arizona Cardinals. And that is followed by a date with another division tilt in the Seattle Seahawks. And this is very interesting. Uh, Deja vu all over again maybe here, James. uh, Rams coach Sean McVay. Two and five straight up and against the spread before playing back to back division games. And his team lost outright in that same role last year as 17 point home favorites to the New York Jets. You, of course, remember that game. So the same situation here with the Jacksonville Jaguars, kind of a similar team to those New York Jets. Of course, the Jets were winless in that game last year, but catching a ton of points. I mean, it's a very eerily similar situation. I I kind of lean with the Jags in the points here. Thinking about that, yeah, with the, the hunger for the Jets because they were winless at that point and they were running right, out of exactly. games to get that W. Definitely the urgency was more so on the Jets' side here. I feel like there's got to be some sense of urgency on the Rams' side just considering the last three weeks they've just gotten punked. They've been pushed around, and they're the Omegas out there. They are not the tougher team that's out there, not only from a physical standpoint but from a mental standpoint. And I know last week the the score made it look like if you didn't watch the game and you saw the final score, like, well, it looked like a a high-scoring competitive game and a lot of points on the board from the Rams' side and Stafford threw for over 300 yards, all this and that. That's great for fantasy football, but not when it comes to what – Sometimes these games just boil down to some toughness out there on the field, and the Rams just don't have it. And that's why they've been that's why they've been knocked off the last three weeks because they don't have it on either side of the football. And you mentioned all the talent for the Rams on that side. We were just talking about the Washington football team earlier and some of the talent that they lost due to injury up front. Well, 
I'm wondering if for, for this, and I know we've got a new defensive coordinator there for the Rams, and they are definitely, if they have, as far as their performance on the field, regressed from where they were last year as one of the top-rated defenses in the league in 2020. Uh, but a lot of the same talent. Now, they did lose a couple guys in the secondary, just some cost-cutting measures, I think, with Hill and Johnson, and those were some uh, younger veteran players, I guess, if we can use that as an oxymoron, who've been around a handful of years but were sure tacklers and knew what they were doing out there in space. That's where we're not seeing out of the Rams and it almost feels like, well, we've got some of this talent out here. The talent will just play out, and they'll just show out and be able to make plays. But other teams are scheming, and it's not happening right now for the Rams on the defensive side. And then offensively right now for the Rams, we mentioned not being able to run the football. You know, I think they rarely even try to run the football, and I really put think it's put a lot of pressure on Matt Stafford to force football. He's, he's throwing a pick six in each of those three losses that they've had, and they're not running the football early in these games. Not when it gets away from them. they got to throw the football. In those three games, they've only averaged 10 rushes in the first half in those three losses. And it's not like they've been falling behind early and have to start slinging it. There's just no commitment to running the football for this team and taking any pressure off Matt Stafford in that passing game. Plus, they're always in the shotgun as well, and that's a different story from what we've seen in Rams when Goff was there and a lot more plays under center with some boots and some being able to get out in space off their play-action pass. But here, maybe with the Jaguars, I could, I'm not going to get there with the Rams. I already told you that. The Lambs are not a team I'm going to play right now. But Jacksonville, this is just a team they just can't score. They there's they, they average less than 16 points a game. I think they're basically last in every – at the bottom of the league in every offensive category. And then their best offensive weapon is is James Robinson, who's a great story, undrafted player last year, stepped in and did a great job. And uh, I think they deferred to him because of the injury to ETN early in the season. But he's both battling a knee and a, and a heel injury, I believe. So he's limping around up there just trying to gut it out. I just don't know if the Jaguars can score enough to to be able to, number one, pull off the upset. I can't see them winning the game outright, but do the Rams show up in this case? Not a team I'm going to bet right now and definitely not going to be laying near two touchdowns. Well, the Rams' defense, uh, like I say, has given up 95 points over the course of the last three games, so maybe the Jaguars will have an opportunity to score. Uh, the defense has improved quite a bit for Jacksonville. They were giving up nearly 29 points per game over the uh, first six games of the season, and they have lowered that number by a touchdown over the last five games. All right, James, I, I know you like a physical football game. You didn't get one with the Rams last week. This one should give you one here. A classic AFC North clash between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Now, Pittsburgh comes in reeling quite a bit. They tied the Detroit Lions. They lost to the Chargers and then just an absolute beatdown by the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, Baltimore they are winning games, but it's not real pretty. They've scored a combined 42 points in their last three games. Lamar Jackson has thrown seven interceptions in his last four starts. Here's one for you. Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh, they have faced each other 26 times during the regular season. The margin of victory has been three points or less 14 times. It's been four points three times five points once, and seven points three times. That's 21 times out of 26 meetings that the margin of victory has been seven points or fewer. I made the Baltimore Ravens a two-and-a-half-point road favorite, James. Currently, they're laying four-and-a-half with a total of 44. Your thoughts, my friend, the 8-3 and three Ravens visiting the 5-5-1 five, five, and one Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I do love physical football, but I don't know if Pittsburgh Steelers, if the Steelers have it in them to be physical. This is not the same Steelers team that we've seen in years past, and the, and the the culture and the identity of what we're used to seeing out of Pittsburgh on the offensive side, being able to to be stronger at the point of attack, running the football consistently, and and dominating the the play at the line of scrimmage, and then defensively being able to get after the quarterback, being able to ta- get off blocks and tackle in space. That was not. I was a complete no-show from the Steelers last week. Big divisional game. You're going into Cincinnati. It's a huge game for you. Nope. No play. No show. Didn't want to. Didn't want to compete. Didn't want to be physical and just got pushed around. And I don't know if that if that's fixed going into this matchup. Not only because it, it from the mindset of this Pittsburgh Steelers team, but also a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID issues going on, and or or sickness, illness. There's that word again. Both Cam Hayward and Isaiah Loudermilk were did not practice on Friday that they're saying illness for. Those are some big keys up front to be able to try to get some pressure and get after the Baltimore quarterback for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, who had an awful game last week but still found a way to cover, and I couldn't cover with Cleveland at plus three and a half, even though he threw four picks in that game. It was awful in that game, and I wonder if there was not so much rust, but was he fully healthy? Saw that sickness that he had and didn't get to play in that game against Chicago a couple weeks back. It was a late scratch. From a physicality standpoint, we know what we're going to get out of the Ravens. They are going to come after you. They are going to blitz you, and they are going to be physical on both sides of the football. I can't say the same right now for the rate for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And normally, I'd be all about it. But normally, we wouldn't see a number like this, Brady. Not only because of the injuries and COVID for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, but I also think just because of the 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 really flat effort out of the Steelers that we saw, it was more so than just not showing up. It was the fact that this is just not a physical football team and it's not a galvanized committed team to playing that style you know there's the talk during the week about uh was it claypool i forget which one it was what they were talking about practice he's talking about well we'd sure love to have some music in practice that would make it fun you know what's fun (laughs) it's when you win a football game that's what's fun you put the work in during the week so you can go have fun on sunday and compete and get a w out there that's what's fun not about having to jam some tunes out there and get some beats going while you're trying to practice i don't know where the steelers team is coming from right now but they seem very fractured when it comes to to being focused on the play at hand i can't take the steelers here as that home divisional dog plus the four and a half not a play i'm gonna make but i don't know about the Ravens side either there's a lot of injuries on that raven side in particular at cornerback a lot of questionable players that did not practice this week in the secondary for the ravens and big news for the steelers on saturday tj watt uh was pulled off of the covid list uh not sure if he'll be active in the game on Sunday just yet, but it looks like there's a very good chance that T.J. Watt will be available for that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Uh, another good rivalry game here, the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, and things have gotten very weird for Russell Wilson, James. For the first time in his career, he was shut out 17 to nothing three weeks ago by the Green Bay Packers, and now for the first time in his career, he's lost three straight games. Now, the 49ers, they have lost three straight to the Seahawks. They are also one of those teams. This is uh, common. I believe there's three such uh, situations this week. The 49ers looking for triple revenge against the Seahawks in this game, and it's been a successful spot 60% of the time. Those teams have covered the number that are looking for triple revenge. We will dive deeper into this game here in just a moment. The Seattle Seahawks hosting the 49ers up in the Pacific Northwest when we return on the Pro Football Blitz.
Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning. It's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow the Money is hitting the road next week. Mitch Moss and Polly Howard will be live from the new DraftKings Sportsbook at Foxwoods Casino on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you're in the area, come on down, meet the guys, and be sure to tune in every day from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Follow the Money going on the road. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you wrapping up the Pro Football Blitz. And we've come down to the final three games of the Week 13 card. And I talked about the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Things have gotten weird 
for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They've lost three in a row. The first time that's happened in his career. The San Francisco 49ers have lost three straight to the Seahawks. The Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Niners, all teams looking for triple revenge this week. That is currently hitting at 60% for those teams in that situation. James, I made this number four in favor of the Niners on the road. It opened at three or three and a half, and that's pretty much where it's been all week. 45 and a half for your total. Any play for you in this one? I was actually, weirdly enough, and I haven't played anything yet, and I don't know if I will. I don't know if I can get there, but looking at the dog spot here, plus the three and a half for the Seattle Seahawks. And I know for Russell Wilson, since he's come back the last three games, only put up 26 points offensively. It's been a struggle. How healthy is his finger on his release point? He really has been struggling with his accuracy. But I also think the offensive line is not a very good offensive line, and they can't run the football banged up at the running back position, too. But on the other side, for the Niners, number of really key injuries here. Thinking about the defensive side, for one, Greenlaw just came back. He's back on. He's back. He's he just came back last week for the game against Minnesota. He's out this week again. He got hurt again. Did Dre Greenlaw at the linebacker position as well as their leading tackler and to me their best defensive player, Fred Warner doubtful to play in this game has not practiced all week I suspect we won't see him out there he's got a hamstring injury so I don't think he's going to be out there and then on the offensive side Debo Samuel not going to be available for this game pulled his groin against Minnesota what is this offense going to look like without Debo Samuel we've seen that San Francisco wants to recommit to running the football they've done very well over the last during their recent three game winning streak and Samuel's been a big piece part of that he's rushed for over 180 yards and four touchdowns as a receiver in the backfield running the football what is the offense going to look like for Samuel I think a lot pressure falls on Jimmy G in this spot and you know Brady you know when you bet a game and you have a lot of games on and sometimes we have eight or nine games on at one time in the early slate of in of the NFL but when you have a bet on it you're more in tune to watching that game and I had San Francisco last week and I didn't trust Jimmy G in that spot. He just looked shaky to me. He didn't – He, I mean, oh, he made some throws, but he wasn't one that I really trusted to make plays. If it falls on him to have to go make some throws on the road here, I don't like the spot for Jimmy G, especially without Debo Samuel. It's going to be a lot of Elijah Mitchell having to run the football. I lean to the Seahawks plus the three and a half, but right now, no bet yet. I'm with you, James. I, I like the dog here, too, catching the hook. And what's very interesting, and, and those are some big injuries. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Debo Samuel. You could argue those are three of their very best players on the 49ers. But the line has not moved. I find that interesting. So I'm with you on Seattle, and, and maybe it hasn't moved because Seattle really looks like a train wreck right now. Sometimes that's the best time to back a team, buy and low, as they say. Russell Wilson, by the way, 16-4 and four straight up and 14-5-1 and one against the spread versus San Francisco. The bad news is he's thrown two touchdown passes, and the Seahawks have scored 28 combined points in their last three games. We wrap up the card with four straight division games, and here's number three. It will be Sunday night football in Arrowhead Stadium, the Denver Broncos visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Broncos have won three out of their last four games. Kansas City has won four straight, and they're coming off of their bye week. Denver would move into a tie for first place in the AFC West with a victory here on the road. James, this is the game where I was the furthest off on guessing the spread. It opened up 10. I made the number four. <laughs> Do you have any interest in betting this one, my friend? 
Not the side. I played the total. I played the total under 47 and a half here. And thinking for the Broncos, it's going to have to be the defense that keeps them in this game. And especially on the secondary, there's a lot of money in that secondary. It's a very talent, one of the more talented secondaries we have in the NFL. And that's what I'm banking on is for them to be able to keep everything in front of them. They will, they should get Kareem Jackson back. He did not play last week against the LA Chargers, but he should be back there paired with Justin Simmons. It's a great safety duo that they have. And then they're Corners are very good coverage corners, although they will mix up a lot of zone underneath and probably keep it uh, back here to make sure that KC doesn't have big playmakers take the top off of the defense. So I feel like for Kansas City side, going to be a lot of opportunities between the 20s to move the football, but things will tighten up once they get into the red zone. It's just the offensive side for the Denver Broncos that I don't trust going on the road to be able to sustain drives and put points on the board consistently. Offensive line is really beat up. Maybe they get healthy on Sunday night. Really, they were missing three starters going into the game last week against the Chargers. Then their backup left tackle went down with a bad injury. Now they're all listed as questionable. Do they get back out there? Even if they do, this has been a a mash unit for an offensive line. Now you're going to go on the road Sunday night football. You know it's going to be loud. I think communication might be an issue up front for those guys. Maybe you see some false starts, some some blown timeouts, or maybe even some uh, delay of game penalties that are thrown because they just can't get communication straight. And then on the other side here for the Chiefs offensively, uh, does do do they still are they patient enough to to do what they've been doing the last five weeks? They've won five out of six games, and I think a lot of it's because Mahomes has been more patient with the football, not trying to be the hero and make big plays, but it, I think really because the defensive side has done much better for the Chiefs over that five out of that five out of six games that they've won. They've made the switch at safety. Sorsen is no longer starting at the safety position. It has been Juan Thornhill coming in, and you just see a more aggressive nature out of this Kansas City secondary, more sure tackling, more, more sure of itself up front too and I think there's going to be some pressure from the Chiefs that they're going to be able to get in that backfield to be able to put some pressure on Teddy Two Gloves here who's going to just throw the football away. He's not going to hold the ball too long and try to make big plays. He'll throw it away and let the defense try to hang in this game. So yeah, it's a big number. I was tempted to take the Broncos. I don't think I'll do that since now I'm already invested on the total. But, yeah, as far as the total is concerned, I like the under at 47.5. It has been very well documented how good Andy Reid teams are coming out of a bye. Reid is now 20-3 and three straight up, 15-8 and eight against the spread in that role. And I think it's gotten to the point, James, where that is factored into the line, and this has become a very inflated number. So I did play the Denver Broncos plus the 10 here. Uh, The Chiefs have not covered a double-digit point spread since week nine of last season. They're two and five against the spread as a double-digit favorite or six and 11 against the spread since last year as a favorite of six and a half or more. They're also one and five against the number at Arrowhead this year. And you talk about Teddy Bridgewater. He is 24 and five against the number on the road in his career. The Broncos also have held four of their last five opponents to 17 or fewer points. That falls right into the hands of your underplay there, Mr. Salinas. All right, finally, the Monday nighter and yet another division game as we close out the card week 13 in the NFL. It's the Buffalo Bills, the second place Buffalo Bills, mind you, against the first place New England Patriots. This will be in Orchard Park under the bright lights of Monday night. New England will head into its bye week following this game. Buffalo goes on to face Tampa Bay, and then we'll head to Foxborough to meet up with the Patriots once again. 
Uh, you figure the Bills have to have this game, James, if they are going to win the division. I made the number two and a half in favor of Buffalo. It's pretty much been two and a half or three all week. 40 and a half is your total. There is expected to be some weather in the area. Where are you headed with this one on Monday night? Mentioned the weather. It's going to be no precipitation scheduled for the game on Monday night, but a lot of wind. And we know how that wind swirls up there in Buffalo. And if not only wreak havoc with it, the deeper passing game, but also with the kicking game. So I suspect we might see some missed PATs. We see missed PATs all the time in the NFL anyway. I know there's sometimes as you get closer to game time, there's props about will there be a missed PAT in that in this game? That'd be one side I'd be looking to bet the yes. But <laughs> thinking about the matchup here, I think for the Patriots, it's been the steady evolution and progression offensively with Mac Jones. And I think really Josh McDaniels just continuing to be very innovative and creative in the passing game and really working to Mac Jones' strengths and really a polished kid. He's the most polished quarterback we've seen at the rookie position of all the kids drafted this year at the quarterback spot. He's looked the most polished for sure, and he landed in a great spot being there with Josh McDaniels and the New England Patriots. Uh, But on the other side for the defense, I think the big key for me here is on the defensive side, Kyle Duggar. He is he is on the COVID list. He is their leading tackler. He help, he really plays, allows Belichick to play this big safety front, a lot of nickels, this big base with nickel with three safeties that drop down in the box. If Duggar's not there, I don't know if I'll get involved. So that's one to look at if he has passed negative tests in two, in two tests in the next 24 hours. That's crucial. But here I'd probably lean with the Patriots because I feel like the pressure is on the Buffalo Bills. They were expected after last year's performance to win the AFC East. And now Belichick has got his Patriots creeping back in on Monday night. I'd be leading Patriots here plus the three. I couldn't get there either way with this game. It's kind of like the Cincinnati Charger game for me. I stayed away. Ought to be a great one to watch. I've heard sharp opinions on either side here. I'm going to stay on the sidelines for that one. That is going to do it for the Pro Football Blitz. Great to be with always as uh, Mr. Salinas. I will catch you uh, next time here on the Pro Football Blitz. Happy NFL Week 13 to you, my friend. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. 